Ladies and gentlemen, it is time. Is it that time already? It's that time. It's about that time. For the one and only. It's time for the JoYo Podcast. And we're live. Oh my god. And we're live. Hugh, what's up, man? What's up, brother? I need help, man. I need you to help me through this coronavirus thing. The from the broad. It's oh my god, dude. I'm so bored. I'm bored out of my mind. Like, campus is closed down. The gyms are closed down. I literally have no need to go outside except just to get outside. Have you been so, doing any exercise outside? That's what's been my saving grace. Um. So I've got a resistance band of my own. All right. So I've been doing some stuff indoors uh but i guess uh i've been trying to tell myself to go for like i don't know a jog or something um but i don't know getting the motivation to just go for a run is actually a lot more difficult than i thought it would be (laughs) so i mean it's it there was a what was it the other day uh it was in our group chat when johnny was like does anybody have a poll and i literally was sitting right here at this table looking out this window and seeing no clouds in the sky i'm like god i know i know so i want to go fucking nice weather too it has and that's the worst part about it bro just enough just enough heat to be like oh it's kind of hot outside yeah but also just enough heat to where it's like you know what let's go jump in the pool i won't be super cold when i get out yeah yes yes and we like our pool actually is open i've seen some of uh people that live here go down there uh, but there's a couple of things. Number one, we lost our pool key somewhere. I don't know where it went. I have no idea. Oh, and this is like a, you guys in the apartment lost. Yeah, key. yeah. Okay. Except this is a condo. It's not an apartment complex, so I can't just go down somewhere and get another key. I don't know how this works. Plus, it's my brother's place. I don't know how this Plus, works. Isn't the lease? Is the leasing office closed? Well, there is no office because it's a. He bought the condo. It's it's so there's no oh, it's offices a condo. around. Oh, yeah, shit. Gosh, yeah. I thought it was an apartment complex. That's my bad. Yeah, no, no. So yeah, we can't, we just can't go anywhere and, and get a new key. And on top of that, it's a it's a kind of a quieter, older crowd in and around here. So I would want to go down there and blast some tunes. And I don't I don't know. I don't want to be disrespectful, but that's how I roll when I go to the polls. So. <laughs> right. What about you, man? What you been up to? What have you been doing? Yeah, dude, I uh, got off of my what seemed like a week vacation between quarters for grad school. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, it literally went by so fucking quick. I got an email and it's like, all right, classes start on Monday. And I was like, I had that feeling of anxiety of are you already. What the fuck? Like, I, th- <laughs> I, I thought I had like I thought I was gonna be kicking it for a month, but clearly, clearly I wasn't. Yeah. So just started that new quarter. Um, that's going good. And then I, uh, because of this quarantine, as well as, um, you know, challenging myself, um, I've decided to try and get on, I've decided to work on getting onto a routine. So like creating a daily routine, like literally from the start when I wake up all the way till I go to bed and really abiding by that because I have had a really tough time sticking to routines, you know, and it's this constant cycle within myself of, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like, for example, we'll say, all right, I'm going to get up every morning, and go for a run. Right. First yeah. couple of days, first couple of days, we're fucking solid. 
Oh, this is easy, easy money, right? <laughs> but as soon as I get that, as soon as my brain gets that satisfaction of like, we already did it, good job, it's like, right. stop, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I'll, and it'll, it'll, it'll like be like a month goes by or whatever, and then okay, we got to get back to this, get, 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 get onto getting up every morning, doing run every morning. Days goes yeah. by, did it, yeah. brain gets all happy, and then it falls off again. So, exactly. that is. I think that that has been a really big foundational thing for me in regards to, because I I'm a very driven person. I want nicer things in life. I want <laughs> like I I want to be financially comfortable. I want to sure. have a, a, like a solid job. I want to have a nice ass fucking house to come back to. Like I want the 15 foot kitchen island type deal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like there you go. You know, I I want to get all these things, but. Yeah. I can't, I'm really having a, a tough time managing myself. And so this, I think this is a really good challenge for me to continuously stick by this um, daily routine that I've given myself, um, which is a lot harder said, a lot harder done than it is said. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I and it's, that. Yeah. Because I freaking, uh, so a lot of my homework that I have to do is reading um you know like i and that's what i had to do last week because when we started this online we'll see you you're doing yours online right you're getting your master's online so Mm -hmm. you're kind of already in that i was i mean i'm just right used to going to class i enjoy doing that i feel like i'm more engaged doing that and now once we got this cold like switch to online those first like week and a half two weeks i was getting so flustered because I was thinking to myself, like, did I miss an assignment? I don't even know what I'm supposed to do right now because yeah. I'm at home. And mentally, because I'm at home, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> right, because you're, Cause, like, home is, like, that chill mode. Exactly. Right? I, yeah. yeah, and that's it. I, I'm in chill mode. So I last week, I literally had to sit down on a piece of paper. I wrote out every single assignment that I was going to need to do for the week. Mm-hmm. And so... I was like, all right, let's just knock this out, because uh, that's just how I am. I, I like to get, I don't like to have things lingering. I don't like to have. I hate that feeling. Yeah, yeah. That I hate just, that like that, but just that cloud of like, I have other shit that I need to do, so I can't enjoy what I'm doing right now. Exactly. Um, I've experienced that. Down to the wire kind of thing. I hate that. I want it done prior to. I don't want to sit there and like, okay, it's do Sunday night, so here I am, at ten thirty, eleven trying to knock this thing I, I i won't do that i refuse to do that so i found myself last week i was done with homework by wednesday oh shit so dude i was it's, like there's fucking uh, stuff man now what do i do <laughs> <laughs> so and by that time i was like oh well i guess i'm done i felt accomplished so yeah like thursday friday i'm like i'm sleeping in i'm like ah oh. So now I actually, that's the thing too, is even though I have no need to wake up early, I, oh, I try to actually set an alarm and actually just wake up. Nice, bro. Right. That's and tough. Just be, yes. <laughs> that's fucking tough. Yeah. Exactly. It is. Cause by, there were so many days where I was doing homework and I was getting done like later in the afternoon and everything. And I'm like, I don't like this. You know, by the time noon rolls around, I'm like, I have hardly done anything yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was the one thing was trying to, like you were saying, a routine. Because we had um, we had like a little group meeting on Zoom for one of my classes today, and my buddy was saying the same thing. He was having this issue with a with a routine, 
you know what I mean? Like he said he would be up at like two in the morning. He's like, I don't even know. I've got nothing. to. Let me just start watching a movie now, you know? Right. So this whole mentality of just being inside is just, it's just driving me nuts, especially knowing that I can go outside because it's not a hundred degrees. So. Right, dude. Right. Um, when, when you were saying, um, about your experience with like the routine and stuff, what I was thinking about was how, especially with going to school and stuff like that, school kind of gives you a, a structure already. It, sure. it lays it out for you. Yeah. Therefore, you don't really have to create the routine yourself. You don't mm-hmm. have to be autonomous with that because you're like, oh shit, today's Tuesday. All right. I got wake up at 11 because, or I got class at 11. So, and then mm-hmm. I got classes all the way until four. So, okay. Everything's already scheduled out for me. But once it's not, you're kind of lost, right? Yeah. yeah. You, your natural yeah. resort is to just be like, I don't have shit to do. I don't have to hold myself accountable. There's nothing else to do. All right. What the fuck? What, what do I need to do? Right. And like you, you are, even you, experience that just mm-hmm. 100%, dude. And that's that's what I fucking learned. And especially with grad school, too, because I've been going to grad school for three quarters now, which is like 30, 33 weeks because there are mm-hmm. 11 weeks each quarter. Right. Yeah. And that struggle of waking up and going to school at your house, that is. That's a battle within itself because know, like right? you're saying in fucking chill mode, dude. Mm-hmm. So this routine for me, I really do think it's a really good way to get a little bit more autonomous within myself because that's something that lacks without the structure. Sure, I have school and class and all this due dates and all this shit like that, right? But right. I'm not physically having mm-hmm. to show up to class other mm-hmm. than we have like live class sessions and like, okay, fuck, now I have the time block, you know, but mm-hmm. it's... It's a di- it's it's definitely something um, definitely a challenge because creating that routine for yourself um, it and the experience that I've had with it is like that sense of satisfaction when I create the um or like a that sense of accomplishment when I create the steps throughout the entire day and I knock all those steps out I'm like okay I did something today I did all the things that right. made me happy I did all the things that you know and same thing when you go to school you're like fuck knock it out knock it out knock it out knock it out Boom, day's done. Finally sit down on the couch and it feels more relaxing. Exactly. Right? You got yeah. shit done. And I'm I'm getting into this weird mode that I that I get into I gotten into like in the during the summertime, uh, when I'm just kinda with when I don't have school, I get into like this weird mode and I'm, I'm feeling it now where where I'll be at home <clears throat> and I'm finding hard motivation to really just to get up and do anything mm-hmm. because of this hermit life that we've been leading for the last few weeks. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, um, I don't know, just to, like when you texted me the other day um, and I told you that I was on top of Camelback Mountain, yeah. um, that in and of itself was like pulling teeth just to go do. And I was like, <sighs> but I wasn't doing anything with my life. Like I literally wasn't. My life was at zero. You know, I was just coasting, so there was no reason for me not to go do it. So I went to, so I just I just decided, all right, you know what, screw it, I'm going. So I drove up there, and the Echo Canyon Trail was open, but the parking was already full, and it was cut in half. So I was like, crap, all right, well, I'll go over the Choya Trail. So I go over there, I find the parking. But then I find out that the uh, the trail was closed. I was like, 
all right, well, I guess this just isn't my day. And it was a great day to be outside. So I drove back down towards, uh, like, the 202 and the 143 area, right down like, where, like, McDowell is and everything. Right. That's exactly um, what I was going to say. Yeah. And there was yeah. a car wash there, and I was like, well, I'm going to wash my car. I'm going to wash my car. <clears throat> and, uh, well, the car wash was broken. So I was like, I can't even wash my car. So with that drive down there and with the disappointment of not being able to wash my car and that, that news, I just told myself, I was like, you know what, dude, you've got nothing else to do today. So I drove back up to the Choya Trail parking and I parked there. And that walk from Choya Trail over to the Echo Canyon Trail was three miles. Three miles. I Google mapped it because I wanted to know how far I was walking. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm a, walking. It's a good drive, dude. Or, yes. Yeah, it's a good walk. That's and a good it's very, walk. It's a little hilly, too. Well, um, <laughs> if you because I know a lot of bicyclists or cyclists go up and down that that uh, that road a lot. If it's the road that I'm thinking of, no, not that one. So um, this one was like on the north side of the mountain, so it was actually really flat. It wasn't mm-hmm. bad. Um, okay. So all it was was it, so I didn't go on the actual trail. All I did was take the roads. Well, I can't remember the name of that road. But I'm essentially walking through Paradise Valley is what I'm doing. I think it's I think it's Lincoln. Is it Lincoln that goes by? Yeah, that's it, Lincoln. Right. That's it. So I just take basically take Lincoln all the way down to where the Echo Canyon Trail is, and that's three miles. Took me, I want to say a little more than an hour. I was on the phone. I called somebody. I called a couple people. I was like, I've got nothing to do. Help me. Keep me company. So. Once I got there, I was like, all right, now the real fun begins. And I, I, I hiked that. It's like a good mile and a half up that, I believe, remember correctly. So It's a challenge getting, to get up there, dude. I underestimated it. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't quite sure. I did it, I think, I think the first week of the quarantine, I did it, it just because I was bored. I was like, all right, let's just go yeah. do this. And, um, yeah, I was like, wow, these people weren't kidding. This this actually sucks. <laughs> it's super hilly and it's really rocky too, man. Like oh, yeah. me and Samara when we hiked it, she said it's it's a challenge. I'm like, okay, I'm I plan on running this trail. Okay. <laughs> so just you don't know what you're talking about, right? So I've never been on the trail, but she has a couple of times, so right. naturally I know what I'm talking about, right? Exactly. And when we were hiking up there, it's not hiking. You're literally bouldering a yeah. little bit of your way up the mountain. And it's all incline, and it's very, it's a little, it's semi loose, not super super loose, but mm-hmm. if anything, there's just a lot of rocks to hike up over, like kind of like boulder oh, yeah. way over the top of it. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's definitely a fucking challenge, man, for sure. It, oh yeah, man. I, I know the first time I did, I looked up like, <laughs> there's a couple of parts where you do, you're at this bottom of this decline, and you're looking up it. Yeah, yeah, that. Like, yeah. There's, they got fucking handrails there. That's how yes. steep that shit is. Yeah. yeah, I know. I was coming, I was coming down that day. There was a a lady and and her just a her her little guy with him. Uh, he, he couldn't have been more than three years old, just a little guy. And he they were at that part, that slick part with uh, the rails. And uh, this little guy, man, said, "Screw that! I'm not using these rails." And he just started climbing up all on all fours. And I, I was just, I just stopped at the top and just watched him. 
I was like, no way. Watching that fucking chimp just make its way up that mountain. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And um, I even asked him, I was like, hey, little man, you you got that? You sure? And mom was right there helping, you know, just had his back. And and he made it, man. He made it. He got it all the way up. Didn't really, you know, like I said, mom had, had his back just in case, but he made it up all on his own. I was like, bro. I I'm motivated now <laughs> just watching that little right. kids. Um, but yeah, man, I, I did that. Um, I wanna, did I you learn something. anything about yourself on that hike? <laughs> well, I did actually, I learned that, um, when I really have nothing to do and i when I motivate myself, I can walk three miles, hike another mile and a half, then come down a mile and a half and walk another three. So, there's there's more than what I can do than I really want to lay, lead on. Like a lot of the times, you know, right. sometimes we tell ourselves, oh, I can't do that. Well, you don't know until you try. So go ahead and try. And if you can't do it, then hey, now you know you can't do it. Um, I will say this, uh, and this is, I told you afterwards, uh, my feet hurt really bad. Yeah, because you weren't wearing proper footwear, right? No, no, I, I did. I had, um... I had uh, closed-toed shoes. They weren't uh, running shoes. Um, they probably weren't. They're not exactly hiking shoes, but they had a, a thick sole. Um, I don't know. They're Nikes, so they, they might not have been the best, but they weren't. Mm. They weren't uh, casual. No, nothing like that. Um, but I mean, it was God, almost nine miles on my feet. So but, untrained, uh, just spur of the moment like all right let's go fucking walk yes, nine miles exactly yeah but um i i hung out at the top of that mountain though for i want to say almost an hour i just sat there it's a just, fucking pretty view man it is, it is the, it was uh, my experience when i was up there i realized that i felt closer to the sky that's that's one thing that i i mean i'm yeah. kind of a little bit out there anyways but um (laughs) when i was when i always look into shit um anyways when i was at the top of the mountain dude i was just i was looking up at the sky i'm like i just i feel closer to the sky right now i think this is really fuck i I, I just i I was very fascinated by that that was one of the first things that i um that i connected with when i was up there yeah and damn sure i found the rock that was the tallest of all the rocks and sit on top of it in my mind with my hero well complex that I had, I was like, I'm fucking king. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can well, see that. What are you doing up there for an hour, man? Uh, just chilling, man, taking everything in. Um, uh, I got my phone out. I started playing some tunes. Uh, I didn't have a beach, but I played beach music because I just felt the need. So oh, um, just kind of, just kind of hanging out, just looking out and everything. Um, Looking out at the East Valley, looking down south, looking up north, looking at, you know, uh, Paradise Valley and all this. Uh, I watched a plane land at Sky Harbor. That was pretty interesting. That's um, cool, man. It, they, they, you're in the plane, and you just feel the speed of it. But when you're a few miles away on top of a little mountain watching it, I was just, like, after a while, I was watching it. And I was like, okay, you need to hurry up because my eyes hurt. Because there, there, <laughs> there was a point where it was above the city on the horizon. It was easy to spot because the sun was, you know, uh, reflecting off of it really easy. Right, right. <clears throat> but then once it got down below the horizon, uh, like amongst the city and everything, it was hard to keep track of. 
So I was like, okay, no, I still see it, but I know if I blink and I look away, I'm going to lose it. So I was just keeping my eye on it, and I just watched it all the way. And once it landed, I was like, God, that was actually hard. <laughs> right. Because so, I did that at Papago. I've been, uh, I've oh. hiked at Papago and got on top of one of those those mountains because it's a little bit closer to the airport. Is, and yeah. it's it's really interesting to see the plane's descent, especially when you're not like looking behind it, you're parallel with it. So you're right. watching it come in from the sky all the way down, all yeah. the way down. It almost it almost looks like a submarine in the ocean, oh, like okay. descending, just yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. falling down <laughs> shortly and very very slowly and It was slow. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. bro. It it looks a lot slower than you think. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I, I you know, and I tell myself all the time, like, these last few weeks, you know, that it's been nice and we're quarantined and everything. I told myself, I was like, dude, if I had my own plane and I had a license, I'd be flying every day every day i'd be up there oh my god i learned so. that those little uh prop planes are like maybe close to like ten twelve thousand dollars they're yeah they're not i've i've actually looked this stuff up one day i was uh i was just sitting here daydreaming so i said to myself how much would it cost if i had my own plane and my own hangar so planes yeah you can get you can get a, a plane for a relatively on the cheap side comparatively hangers though those are having a space for it yeah those are those are like seven figures easy yeah so because i was looking at it and yeah there were some actually right here down here in chandler that i found this really nice one that that was uh i think it hit eight figures even i think it was like over 10 million for uh for one hanger i was like jeez just to park your plane yeah well it was a really nice hanger though this thing was huge so like it wasn't just so it had the the hanger portion but it also had like like an office space and it had a gym space and i was like see i would get that (laughs) that's what i would spend 10 million on because i would live there and then i would because there was a bathroom there there was a place where i could put a bed there was a gym i'm like everything i would ever need would be in that building so yeah you but, can even rent it back for like other um, guys who fly private and yeah. stuff like that, which probably pay that off real fucking quick. Oh yeah, man, absolutely. So, That'd be cool Airbnb to stay in, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. Stay in a hangar bay. <laughs> right. Chill as fuck, dude. I know, yeah. dude. Seriously. <laughs> playing pool next to a, a prop plane. See, that's what I would do, Missy. That that's what I was. I had I was like just I had this thought in my head. I was like, what would I do with that space? Because honestly, I would only have like one plane. Like I wouldn't be like this huge collector, and I wouldn't need all that space. So I said, what else could I use this space for? I said, oh, cars. I like cars too. <laughs> so I was like all over the place. I was like, dude, I could have like a nice little selection of cars. I could have my plane. I could have like a nice little, I'd, I'd put in a little mat so I could practice my jujitsu and I called Johnny. I'm like, Johnny, come on, let's go roll, man. Like just right here, man. <laughs> it's amazing the uh, the lifestyle we create for ourselves on the internet. Oh, man. You know so, what I mean? Just, oh, yeah. that's, that's such a, that's such a deadly place for me to be at. Cause when I'm doing that, I'm like, okay, <laughs> how do I make all this money right now? How do I do this? Yes, okay. What's yes. the easiest way to make money? You know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> It's just it's a it's a it's a tough position because because then I'll just like naturally go into the state of like oh fuck I'm not where I want to be in life and like oh fuck like I need I need to work harder and oh fuck and oh fuck and oh fuck all this stuff but Mm -hmm. yeah 
In time. In time, you'll get your $10 million hanger bay, Josh. No oh, God, I hope so. God, I hope so, man. I really do. Oh, I do have to tell you this. I've got I've got really, really good news. Really amazing news. So, um, I'm pretty sure I told you, but I was telling uh, you and then probably some of the other guys that uh, I had to watch my <clears> – what I was eating. I actually did have to change a diet because I had high cholesterol. Um, so I don't know if, I don't know if I told you this. I know I told like a couple of, I did not know that, bro. Yeah. So I had high cholesterol. So they have like these number ranges and the highest they like to see it at is 200. So 200 is very high. Uh, last year when I got tested, mine was like a 204. Damn. And I said, you gotta be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Not me, not this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. So I had I had the high cholesterol, but I also had high triglycerides. My triglycerides were also somewhere in the triple digits. Aren't those so, good though? No. So and see, I didn't even know what they were, but they they um, <clears throat> if they're high, it means it's it's either due to high sugar or alcohol intake. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I can definitely attest to at least one of those. Uh, so what does it mean by high <clears throat> intake? Like on the daily, you're taking in x amount of x like, so unfortunately they don't they didn't have like a number you know they didn't say that if you're drinking this much alcohol or if you're intaking this much sugar then this is what's going to happen in your triglycerides they just said mm-hmm. that you probably um are above average on your intake of sugar and alcohol <clears throat> so i uh i and once they said that that was like the second time they told me that um within at least a year time span uh, time span <clears throat> So it was last summer where I finally said, all right, I'm changing my diet for real, for real this time because uh, I don't want to have high cholesterol. My blood, my, uh, um, my blood pressure was fine, but my, it was my cholesterol that was really high. So I got rid of eggs and bacon in the morning. Um, any kind of butter I got rid of. Uh, I started watching my dairy. So like a lot of dairy products, they have a lot of fat in them. So... <clears throat> so anything dairy uh i try to cut out um i drastically cut down my drinking uh i stopped buying and bringing it to the house like i would know it sometimes Dude, I that's, got a, little that's bit. a dangerous game man yeah it i is. cannot have alcohol at the house because it goes by super fucking quick oh, i almost God. do it on purpose just so i can get rid of it so i don't have it <laughs> in the house that's the same like, thing with like sweets yeah. and shit like oreos like gone in two days easy like right dude I don't was... even allow them to last a month or something like that exactly it's just like all right gone in three days all right now the junk's gone you know it's a yeah like yeah. a way to validate myself like oh i heat healthy or some shit like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that was mine too my uh my i would always have those double stuffed oreos man and so i cut that out too man i said all right no That's more cool. oreos none of this stuff so and i stopped eating out uh all of all of the food that I ate was stuff that I cooked. I went online and I tried to find as much recipes as I could that that at least didn't have a lot of oil, didn't have a lot of butter and all this stuff. Nice, bro. So I did that for How a are you year. Feeling? Uh, I was good. And what the weird thing was, when I had high cholesterol, I didn't feel like lazy. I, you know, it's it's not like I felt any different. Um. But the weird it, it, weird thing was, I did lower it, <clears throat> and here was the good news. So after a year, I knew the year was coming around. So I was like, I want to see where I'm at. 
So I called the VA myself and I said, hey, I want to come in and I want to do my laps. And they're like, oh, well, it's not your year thing. I was like, I don't care. I want to come in. I want to check. So I came it's in. my and, health. Exactly. So, uh, so I did my labs and I got the results back. And my cholesterol going from a 204 is now at a 145. Damn, bro. I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's insane, yeah. man. That's a I huge was, fucking drop. It was. And my triglycerides were down. They were not in the triple digits anymore. I want to say they were in the 80s, somewhere around there. I can't remember. But um, much better all around. That's amazing, man. Good stuff, Josh. I was stoked. I got that. So you, And they send you it in like a little little uh, paper thing, right? They send, you, they send right. it to you in the mail. Right. And um, I, saw, I saw a little thing, the VA thing, and... I was like, oh, what is this, right? And I opened it up, and it's like, oh, oh, these are my results. And I looked at it, bro. I screamed so loud. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna live lie. another day. Exactly. Yeah. I went out and I bought pizza just to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> awesome, man. That, yeah. might, that reminds me of uh, I don't know who who said this quote, but um, it says, "Let food be thy medicine." And like that mm-hmm. example that you had is a, a very, mm-hmm. very, uh, it aligns with it. So, Damn. um, yeah. it's true, man. It fucking, it really is true. The, the way that I feel when I eat pizza compared to when I eat some like chicken pasta or something like that, right, you know, right. completely fucking different, completely different. It's yeah, very, I it's very that, interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, and, and it's the same too, whenever you're active, cause um I'm, there are times where i feel it whenever i'm like just now you know what i mean with with this quarantine if i don't get out a lot <clears throat> like i almost feel like i don't know like it's strange like I, I get like this weird kind of dizzy feeling like i need to be doing something but i'm just kind of where you're you're kind of slothing it around for the most part and you're like ah i just don't yeah, feel right so yep. And that's another thing I hate about this is I'm starting to I'm starting to get that feeling. I'm like, oh, I really got to get outside. I got to do something. Right. So, and that could be where that routine may help you out. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely, man. Um, any kind of routine. And and you know what the thing is too is it's strange. Like I think this, I mean, this whole coronavirus thing. I think it's it's teaching us a lot about so many different things like first of all clearly as as a society we weren't ready for it clearly not uh bill gates called it too you have to look up ted talk bill gates on uh epidemics and whatnot he saw that that on facebook yeah that's so funny i actually i actually saw that before like i want to say like last year i was looking at ted talks and i was like oh wow look at this guy and a year later here we are um but i think too with each individual like what we were just talking about you know, um, are we capable of coming up with our own routine? Are we capable of what is life like if it, if life is not normal? Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, uh, I, you've probably seen them too, all these other memes on Facebook, um, which is perfect whenever it, they're um, related back to the Joker and how he's talking about how when the chips are down... That. These yeah. people will eat each other, and I'm like, oh my god, the Joker was I'm right. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just yeah. ahead of the curve. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. awesome. It's, it's so crazy. It's fucking true, man. It is. It's very, very true. 
um, when I went grocery shopping, the uh, the first thing that I one of the big takeaways I'll have from this experience of the coronavirus is the uh, sense of scarcity, which is the first time that I've felt that in my oh. entire life. Mm. Is walking through the grocery stores and seeing limited supplies of goods that I buy on the regular, things that I don't think twice about of being low on. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh, I'm gonna go to the store and I need to get. And I go to the store and I get and I come home and I eat and then I go to the store again and get more of right. But now when you go to the store now, it's like, oh, fuck, I can't get this because it's not there or I'm going to go get this. And I realize that it's not there. And that's a very weird space to be in. It's also humbling as fuck. It's like, dude, like, okay. Shit yeah. can change really fucking quickly, and it, it has, and it's it been has. like, it, dude, it's been a fucking month and some change, yeah. and look where we're at. Do exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've had moments where I'm kind of working out and I'm just sitting there and thinking, like, dude, what, what in the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, like, man. Honestly, like, the entire, like, everything is just shut the fuck down. That's mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, if I would have told, literally, if I, that's stories, if you would have like shared that with people two months prior. To anything happening like this like oh yeah you know in april mountainside's not going to be uh not going to be operating anymore you know that right yeah, Dude, yeah. shut the fuck hey you yeah. know that the entire economy is just going to stop working <laughs> no one's going to work everybody's going to be working from home in two months dude right. we are what the, what the hell are you talking about mm-hmm. now it, it's like you're we're sitting in this reality and mm-hmm. it's it's weird to almost normalize it because yeah. it's almost like this state of denial of like no, this isn't really going on, but yeah. it really is. <clears throat> yeah, man. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It really is. Yeah. Like, I can't. Yeah, it's just. I think that. I think the realization hit too, because I've only just been reading. You know what I mean? Just on the phone, looking at whatever the news tells me. Um, right. you know, whatever the internet tells me. And I'm hearing about all these places, you know, like, oh, everybody's stocking up on toilet paper. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then it was about a couple weeks ago uh, where, no, it was probably longer than that, um, where I go out. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to, like you are saying, I I just want to pick up a few things. I go to the store, and there's literally no chicken. It's gone. And my jaw hits the floor. I was like, no way. Oh, my God. And, like, just just like you were saying, it just it changed that quickly. And I naively thought, I was like, nah, nah, this ain't going to, come on, whatever. This and is a fluke thing. It, like, exactly. It's happening. Like, right? right? So, it's, it's just, so, it, so I immediately, and I called my brother. I'm like, dude. We need to divide and conquer here. All right, I'm at this store. I'm going to go to another one after. I need you to go to another store, see if you can find some chicken. <laughs> I was like, that's what we need, bro. So, God, it was so bizarre and so surreal. Um, but now, you know, you just kind of look at it and, like you were saying, this reality. So, because, was it just the other day, yesterday or the day before, the death toll here in the U.S. finally hit over 10,000. I didn't think it was going to get that high. I was like, it, I mean, come on, this isn't that bad. 10,000 people in the U.S. alone. Uh, worldwide cases are at over a million. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, wow. Okay. Well. Once you start seeing higher and higher numbers, it kind of gets more and more um, like personal in a way. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, oh, okay, like, all right, this, these numbers are starting to hit me a little bit, mm-hmm. and which is a weird fucking, it's almost like a very unempathetic way to look at things. It's like, oh, oh if it's like true. 10, 15,000, like, ah, worldwide, not even that big of a deal. 9,000 right. people have died, not that big of a deal. Once it starts yeah. getting into double digit, triple digits, you're like, ooh, um, <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. this is uh, a little exactly. more serious than I initially thought, right? Yeah. And I think it, a lot of, I mean, it happens, that happens with everybody in anything, you know, it's like one of those, well, if it's not affecting me, then I don't, we don't worry about it. We don't put it on the forefront of our minds unless, again, it, we get, we get to feel the reality of it. Um, once it gets my, close to us. Right? Yeah. Once it hits home, that's when we're like, oh, oh, okay. This, now we understand the gravity of the situation. Now it's on um, our radar. Now we need to start focusing yeah. and kind of planning. And that's like the grocery stores, that sense of scarcity, like, oh, fuck, this is happening to me, too. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and the crazy thing is, is, a lot of the times I'm just sitting around. I'm like, I just want to be social again, everybody. All right. I'm tired of being grounded. I want to come out of my room. You know, like, <laughs> like it's just it's just nuts, man. So but at the same time, you got to kind of have to, like, put it into perspective, I guess. So you got to think long term. Yeah, they have to think long term, dude. And that's that's also something that we're also learning, too. And if people choose to learn it, I think I will make that huge distinction is the um, the temporary sacrifice for the long term. um, Right. Right Right now, the temporary sacrifice is us quarantining ourselves, making sure that disease does not affect us. Therefore, we won't pass on anybody else and keep the cycle going. So for the long term, we can give our researchers and science enough time to figure out, hey, all right, what the fuck's going on? How can we how can we essentially cure this and find like a a, um, a vaccine for it? Um, yeah. Just so we can continue to have the world that we live in and the world that we've been so accustomed to, which we thought was concrete, which it, clearly it's not. We're very susceptible clearly to it being fucked over. Um, yeah. So we can start getting back to that position to where we can start thriving again. Because exactly. essentially, dude, we really do fucking thrive. Like, mm-hmm. this this is really... Like, I've already had an interest in bow hunting, but <laughs> I really am thinking this could be a an opportunity to really get good at it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> I, I even looked up, like, hunting in Arizona. Where's the right. best places to go? You know, what's, what's mm-hmm. the kind of game that I can get? But I need a fucking freezer, or else it's uh, going to be a waste of time. <laughs> Exactly. You need a big one. One of those big, huge ones that go outside. Because people talk about, dude, they're like, yeah, I got hunted one elk this year. One. One fucking elk. Family of five. Family of six. Good for the whole year. It's like, what the hell? One person? (laughs) Two people? You're good for fucking two years, dude. Exactly. Especially if you're not eating it that much. But anyway, a little bit of a tangent. but Yeah. point that i was making there is that we are experiencing and if we choose to experience it the importance of temporary sacrifice for the long-term gain which is exactly what this virus is teaching us as a world as well as a nation hopefully hopefully i mean that's that's, that's, it can teach us you can yeah well and that's another funny thing too about just lessons in general um the it 
once you go through something, there's something to be learned, but people can also not learn it. So the thing is, is can we learn from this? And and we have the ability to, um, but I guess we'll see. We'll find out. But did you see the, I'm sure you have, but the, uh, uh, all the, the captain from the Theodore Roosevelt that got props to that motherfucker, (laughs) dude. Props to that motherfucker. I was reading something. I don't have it here anymore. Um, Based the, on the information, I'll give him props that I know. Yeah. I'll give him props. The um, acting secretary of the Navy, I forget his name. Like I said, I was reading this yesterday. Oh, yeah, dude. I saw that. Did you see this? So he called he, him fucking stupid or some shit like that, right? He did. He literally said that. He ripped in to the entire crew for cheering him for leaving. Secretary of the Navy. Mm-hmm. That's like the president of the fucking company being like, oh, this manager's a piece of shit. Yeah. Don't look good for troops, man. That's right? not good for camaraderie. Yeah. So what he was saying, what actually, it made sense. So from the UCM, UCMJ side of things, um, mm-hmm. yes, there's validity in the firing of him, if we want to be technical. Because um, he didn't follow direct orders, X, Y, Z. Yes. Um, and plus, you know you know how the military is with, with talking to the media. Um, not that he did. Uh, I know that he didn't. There's right now, the speculation is that whatever this memo or letter was, it got leaked. Like, he, there, there's no... Here's, here's where they don't have a case. Is there was, to my knowledge, um, there's no evidence supporting the claim that the captain himself leaked whatever he wrote to the mm. higher man. Um, however, nevertheless, there is validity in what the Navy did. Um, was it still fucked up? Yes, I think it was. Um, so that's how they are. To fire him? Yeah, to fire him, yes. That's, that's kind of like, all right. But um, what I also think is fucked up is what the Secretary of the Navy told the Theodore Roosevelt crew. Because um, as former enlisted on a boat, um, you just, <laughs> if you want, I understand where, where he's coming from. Uh, like upper chain of command, you got to tell people to keep doing their job. Because he also sees the big picture. So this is what I'll say about his side of the argument, is that by having the Theodore Roosevelt in Guam right now, because that's where they're at. That's where they're they're uh, getting tested at. The whole crew is getting tested in Guam right now. But Guam is not a big place. It's pretty small. And when you get an added 5,000 people there, just all of a sudden, you know, uh, if you're just looking at things logistically, that doesn't exactly help people in Guam. So looking at things with big picture, I can understand why he'd be kind of upset. Uh, however, comma, again... Um, the way the crew sees it is that he was looking out for them. And as a crew member, you like to see that. You like to hear that, that your chain of command has your back when something like this goes down. When that's you're, what I see it as, too. Yeah. You know, you, you got a captain that's willing to tell his chain of command, listen, we need help. We need to take measures here because there's already so many people on my ship that's infected. We need to do something. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's 
like I said, I see it from both sides, but I can't help but also think that, you know, you don't just yell at these guys because they're feeling some kind of way about their leadership and their chain of command and their captain. Um, so you don't call them just like they, their captain stupid. They're not going to respond to that. Sorry, man. They're, I understand that it's, they're ordered to and they will probably go back and do their job. But they're going to feel some way about you now. <laughs> they're not going to quite like you so much. Yeah, so. I think I'm missing some information from you. So when you're saying it's that the, uh, that the crew likes to think that the captain was looking out for their best interest, <clears throat> why do you think? Do you think that he wasn't looking out for their best interest? Do you think that there's oh, more involved was. with it? Okay. Oh, no, I think, yeah, no, no, no. I'm totally on the side of what okay. he did. Oh, yes, absolutely. No, 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 no. What, okay. I've, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't even really know what happened with the letters being leaked to the media. Apparently, it got leaked to some, it was a newspaper in, I think, San Francisco. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how that happened. But I am all for him writing a letter um, to the chain of command. Um like I said, I don't know if he did it with intention of getting it leaked, but... Oh, so the captain wrote a letter to the chain of command like, hey, we got to yes. do something about this. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then information happened to where like the press picked it up, essentially. Somehow, yeah, somehow the press got gotcha. a hold of it. So, but it wasn't like directly from him, like email from so-and-so to... You know, no, no. Gotcha. Yeah, so gotcha. Uh, like I said, how that happened, I don't know. But I'm, I'm totally for with whatever he did. Um... Unfortunately, it just got leaked to the press, um, and that kind of sucks because you know consequences thereafter. But but yeah, that's interesting. A lot they keep talking about it too. Um, uh, like I said, I saw that thing with the Secretary of the Navy just um, yesterday, and then I guess there's other uh, politicians, I guess, that are backing that decision and whatnot. So, I wonder uh, what context he said the word stupid in because that's definitely clickbait article and i should it is. Um, I, I definitely did not read further into it i was mm -hmm. i definitely uh you just read like you just 100 percent. i read yeah. the art i read the headline i was like this fucking asshole <laughs> you know, i didn't even decide that so yeah so uh a little bit I immature did. of me but uh, <laughs> oh yeah i would i would definitely need to read into that a little bit more but yeah, headlines itself does not look good for him or for the camaraderie no um, of the entire Navy itself, because why the fuck would they want to work for their chain of command? And the SecNav, believe it or not, is a fucking chain of command for them. So why yeah. the hell would they want to work for him yeah. if they're gonna if he's gonna be outing people who are doing mm. the right thing, regardless of what the direct order said? Like, dude, that's a health fucking issue. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that looks so bad on the upper chain of command because it's like, yo, you have people who are, who not only are they sick, but you're fucking the government is investing money into that ship millions yeah. and close to maybe even close to billions billions of yeah. fucking taxpayer dollars yeah to support them in order for them to carry out the mission and now you're mm -hmm. not even backing them when there's a fucking health crisis going on the ship like you guys look terrible right now dude yeah. like condense that into a smaller <laughs> version of like an actual like company you know what i'm saying like a company right, right. itself mm -hmm. was just decided to negate their entire workers Right mm -hmm. on a smaller scale, those people are probably not going to want to work for that boss anymore, and they're oh, probably yeah. going to write a shit ton of Yelp reviews that says, "Hey, this guy's a piece of shit. I'm not going to work for him." Now his business is fucked, but because oh, yeah, it's such man. a high, like a high-profile 
government <clears throat> job, which it said mm-hmm. it, it is a federal job, but the fact that it's the military, they think that they can just get away with it. 100%. Yeah. Look exactly what fucking happened. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a good amount of, of, of reports and whatnot and complaints going to the attorney general. I have no doubt after that. It'll be interesting to see how this uh, continues to transpire. Who gets fired, who doesn't. Especially <clears> with who, like, essentially signed the paper that says, hey, don't help them out. Yeah, exactly. So, ah, Navy, man. Navy. Crazy time to be in there right now. Cause yeah, poor bastards, man. I got, I got buddies who are in <clears throat> Great Lakes right now as RDCs. Oh, really? Yeah. They're on fucking lockdown, bro. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. One of my uh, buddies I was stationed with in Spain with, he's like, yeah, six-year mark today in the Navy. And uh, six years ago, I was in boot camp, and today I'm in boot camp. <laughs> Whole fucking circle, dude. Now he's just stuck in boot camp, dude. Like, yeah. It's, can you imagine those guys that, like, joined? Like, all right, well, I was just eight say, weeks. Just yeah. eight weeks, and I'll be out of there. Fuck mm-hmm. no, dude. Not more. <laughs> You're That's a special was... breed now. Exactly. Yeah, I did read pool. that that all of uh, all um everybody, every single branch and whatever uh, boot camp they're in, they're currently just they're held there. So I'll it's like, like e days, bro. Dude, oh, I don't miss that. I don't miss that. E days suck ass, dude. Because there's nothing you can fucking do in there, man. You I wonder can't. if they have access to their phones. I wonder if they do, just to like keep in contact with their family and shit. I was hearing they should, just for fucking mental health. Yeah, I was hearing that they were they were getting pretty loose on that anyways, like the last year or some jazz, where all of a sudden they were allowing phones, period. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. Yeah. But, I yeah, went to a, uh, the, um, what are they called? Um, inactive reserve meetings. I went to one in the beginning, in January. I got called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm in inactive reserve right now. Um, I have like a year and some change left of that. Maybe like close to like just shy right under a year. Oh wow, really? And, yeah, it's a little nerve wracking, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly I snap back into that mindset. Like, right. As soon as I was standing in line, just waiting to get like paper paperwork turned in and all that shit, I was just like, <laughs> dead. Yeah. Emotionally dead. Just fucking yeah. nothing, right? Yeah. A little scary place to be in. Um. Anyways. The uh, reason I'm bringing this up is because we're talking about the boot camp and one of the guys who worked in the Pentagon, I can't remember his exact title, but he said something that literally brought my skin to like a crawling sensation, like chills, Mm -hmm. anxiety, everything fucking rushed through it when he said that they are ordering the recruits now every time they leave the compartment to slap a sign like they do with the the Notre Dame Irish, play like (laughs) a champion. Before they go no. on the field, right? <laughs> to slap a sign. <laughs> slap. <laughs> I'm serious, bro. To slap okay. a sign that says, prepare for war. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Are you serious, dude? Like being on the like being out of the military for so long like for so long, a good amount of time, three plus years. Yeah. And hearing you say that, yeah. like it's just it's such an archaic thing. I don't know why we fucking continue this mindset, bro. Like, this is what I mean. It's like the like the navies, just the government, um, in regards to like the military branches, especially. It's just it's so archaic in how they operate with things, man. And slowly but surely, like we're getting a more um, 
like a libertarian perspective or like approach to it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying I'm, 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 I'm bipartisan, dude. I don't have any fucking skin in the game with conservatives or liberals. I don't. Right. I'm more focused on just like the broader picture of, okay, is shit working? How can we make things better type right. deal? Right. How <clears throat> and what things do we not change? So, but with, in regards to how like they keep things running from my understanding and from what I was in, it was just like, especially the leadership in terms of just throwing information down your throat until the new leader comes along and they throw information down your throat and you're supposed to obey an order and all sort of shit like that. No, no critical thinking, nothing. Everything's going to keep, keep continuing to be the same cycle of bullshit over and over and over and right. over again. And nothing's going to change. And this is where I get frustrated when he says, prepare for war. It's like, dude, when the fuck does that ever change anything? Other than like early World War II, World Wars, when that essentially, like the war essentially built the economy of what we know today, like got it like started and stuff like that, yeah. like the Industrial Revolution and stuff, like that helped out a little bit for sure. But still, like mass casualties and stuff. Um, I just, yeah. I just, I just think that shit needs to change, man. I don't well, know how to change it. I'm not a big enough person to. Really, yeah. is what it is. It's tough. Like that's a tough one, man. Because everything's a. It sounds like everything's just like a threat, though. It's just like. Tough you, okay, threat, yeah, like, that's true. Um, yeah, that kind of. It's just weird. Uh, to, first of all, it's. To me, it's comically funny that they have them slap this sign. I think that's kind of funny, yeah. honestly. But um, <laughs> like I, like I feel like I could write a punchline to that. Like that's how funny I honestly think that is. <laughs> but, it's like a '60s fucking propaganda ad. 100%. Yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, it's so strange because like, I like I said, it's kind of a catch-22. At least in my eyes, like I understand. In the way I see it, I try to get a glimpse of both sides of it so i see where they're coming from this state of being prepared um because there were there were a lot of times that we joked about when i was in was you know are we really ready for a war you know an all-out war are we really ready and not i'm not talking uh with uh, equipment and ships and all that jazz. I'm not talking that. Like we were talking about mentally prepared. Are we really mentally prepared for that? Because uh, we're technologically speaking, even wars are lazy nowadays. Like you just get your UAV up there and just fire your missile. You know what I mean? There's a lot less yeah. uh, casualties. Hand to hand. There's a lot less hand to hand combat for sure. True. Um, now there's still uh, casualties like i know when we were in uh, afghanistan and iraq there were thousands of deaths so but when you put it into perspective of when there were you know again when we fought wars in like vietnam and and even like korea going back to world war ii those were that the casualties like stacked on when in those exactly So it is getting down there, um, but at the same time, uh, just because with our technology we've been able to save lives is how they'll put that. Uh, I still get weary whenever it comes to anybody suggesting, like when um, was that Syria? Who was the who was the general guy that got taken out? Was it Syria? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't it? think it was Syria. Was it um, Iran? 
Iran, that's it. Because we already had loose relations with them. I was deployed over in the Gulf twice because of Iran. So uh, when that, that was happened... back in the day. That was like yeah. early 2000s. Uh-huh. So when that happened, what was it, just this year, the, 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 I think it was a general he got killed. Apparently the, the U.S. was the... We, we were the ones we that were taking responsibility for it. And I was like, oh, bro, I am so glad I got my IRR letter saying that I am legitimately out. I'm like, bro. Dude, because when I was going to the IRR meeting, that shit just fucking happened. And I was shitting my fucking pants, dude. (laughs) I was like, I am not ready to go. I will go to grad school for the rest of my life and not get that shit, dude. (laughs) Fuck that. I'm 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 a completely... Okay. I have made some choices in my life that has really got me away from the whole military mindset since I've got out. I've definitely worked on a little bit more of a humanitarian approach, and that's come from a lot of the inner growth within myself, a little bit more empathy for other people, to the point when I was watching the CNN and the uh, YouTube videos and all the documentation with the Iran bombing and stuff, when Mm -hmm. I would see people just, like, fighting, I'm thinking, like, what the fuck, man, why? Why? Why are we, like, why do we continually do this? Right, it's just right. it's a constant just violence 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 and it really doesn't do anything like especially right. the protesters like guys are just like throwing cocktail molotov cocktails and mm-hmm. hitting barrier doors and fucking throwing bricks and it's like dude you're gonna go home and fucking eat some food afterwards like what the hell did you fucking accomplish mm-hmm. nothing bro fucking nothing other than like a headline oh you fucking screamed in front of the camera like oh you're such a protester you're so pro xyz it's like dude you're fucking talking that's all you're doing man like i don't know why why this violence has to be the resort because it's i guess i understand that it's super fucking easy to go there it takes a lot of time and effort to talk about shit and talk through stuff where yeah. it's so much easier and historically it's still kind of in our genes a little bit for like warfare especially with like the early 1900s like the 20th century coming into the 21st century which you're seeing and you even said like we're definitely getting a little bit more lazy in regards to warfare Mm-hmm. Like we're starting to kind of disband from that, but there's still that part of us within the system that is just like fuck them, right? Uh, yeah, there's yeah, no we're, sense of unity, mm-hmm. bro. Because it's human nature we're talking about here. It's just tribal instinct. It's that's all it is. We, we intuitively half we. I can see that. And and even with sports psychology, I'm sure I'm sure you've you've touched on this in some of your other psychology classes. Is um, as humans these uh heuristics that and i think you brought up the last time we talked yeah. was be- because of these heuristics that we have we we have to have shortcuts we then uh intuitively need to categorize everything we have to put things in in boxes that's just how we our brains have to function in order for us to make sense of the world um that's why you have people group up that's why you have certain groups and things like that and and there's really no reason behind it. It's just that's kind of like the way we work. And I don't think it's ever really going to change, uh, unfortunately. It's it's a very bleak outlook on life, but at the same time, I think it's a realization on how humans interact and how we work. Um, like, for example, like you were talking about with talking. Like, it is. It's so much easier to just start a war, just go and, and fight. It's easier to fight because there's no thinking behind that. The thinking comes in and then that becomes work. 
talking and having a conversation uh, uh, becomes work because in order to have a conversation, you have to a real conversation. I might add would be where you're listening to a person to actually listen to what they're saying rather than to listen to be ready to respond. Uh, and that never yeah. happens. That never never happens. Um, and that's why it's a I got skill. It is, and that's that's one of the. I'm actually taking a class on it. Oddly enough, in in this it, it's this conversation part of it, and we're learning. There was a portion of the class where we actually learned how to listen and be comfortable with just sitting there, like in silence if need be. Do you know what I mean? So I do know what you mean. I do. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a just a caveat off uh, add to yeah, that just yeah. temporarily because I don't want to like ruin your train of thought. But no, the yeah. uh, in in the counseling skills class that I took my very first quarter, they talk about the use of silence inside of conversations when you're talking with athletes or talking with people who <clears> are <throat> talking about their emotions and stuff, and how silence could be such a powerful tool because people can be very uncomfortable inside of silence. Oh, so yeah. you use silence as a way for them to continue to talk. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. it's like you're talking to me and you like say something like, well, that's what I think. And I just sit here like this. And then you just like, okay, well, uh, and then you continue. to talk. It's, it's a, like a natural <laughs> instinct to fill the silence because people are that not is. comfortable. It's exactly yep. what you're learning. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And it's, and I think when it comes to talking and, it, and I've, I don't know about you. Um, I've also become more aware of the, political spectrum also since I've been out of the Navy. Um, when I was in, I would only ever watch the news because, well, all right, I'm being deployed. Where am I going? All right, what's going on over there? Now I look at it and I've got this different lens to look at it from. Um, and like, so I was paying attention last year to all these new uh, Democratic front runners. And of the ones when it was like 20 people up there on those debate stages, I was like, oh, my God, that's a lot of people. Of the people that I kind of was really rooting for was uh, – I didn't mind uh, – Andrew Yang was pretty cool. Uh, he had some interesting ideas. Yeah. Um, uh, but I was trucking. Yeah, yeah, right? But um, – I also liked, and, and oddly enough, my brother did too. We, we were both kind of liking Tulsi Gabbard because uh, she's a veteran. She, okay. Yeah, yeah. So she's a veteran, and she's been she's a congresswoman of six years. So she's actually she's actually uh, gone on deployment twice. I think it was in Iraq back in like '03 or some jazz. Something like that character from House of Cards. Do you, you ever watch House of Cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one? There's a, uh, so she was, I want to say she might've been like a, in the army. I can't remember what her rank was, but she comes in, she kind of has that little fling with, um, Kevin Spacey's characters, uh, like bodyguard assistant type deal, the black guy. I can't remember his character name. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Like yeah. He that's and her had, yeah, yeah, that's he and her really had something going on for a little bit. She was like a military yeah, Anyways, continue. So yeah, her name's Gabbard. You said Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look her up, man. Um, so she came in and she had the idea of 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 getting all of our people um, out of these countries. She called them regime change wars. Uh, she said it a lot. Like she was on Joe Rogan, uh, on Joe Rogan twice actually. Nice. Um, and she 
she was accused of, first of all, of being a Russian asset, apparently. This came out very nonchalantly uh, from uh, none other than Hillary Clinton. Uh, she was on some podcast. She must be a Republican. <laughs> and the reason why is because uh, she went and she talked to some regime guy over in the Middle East somewhere. I can't remember his name. He's some kind of dictator. He's known to, like, kill his own people. I forget his name. Um, and she is one of those people that went over to talk to him. And everybody didn't like that because it was a lot like how Trump went to go talk to what's-his-name over in North Korea. Everybody's right. like, I can't believe he's talking to him and blah, blah, blah. And Fox News did the same thing when Obama. Obama went and he talked to somebody. And this is how much I remember. But um, And a lot of people were like, why did you go talk to this person? Why did you do that? And she's like, isn't it better to talk to our enemies rather than to make war with them? I'm like, God, I freaking love this chick, man. Like, she just makes sense. Like, she doesn't want, uh, like, this. there was that whole thing going down with Argentina. Um, like, the people were calling for the U.S. to get involved, to go down there and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, why? Why? Because you don't like the guy that's in charge down there? Come on. So it's the, the world politics of today are extremely convoluted. They're muddy waters. It's, it's not really cut and dry. But I do like the fact that she was trying to get Americans to come back to America. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, so she kind of had a message that was similar to what Trump was saying. Um, and this is why Trump took so much crap for getting people out of certain countries where all of a sudden it seems like everything just turned to crap. Um, but she had the same thing, only she was running as a Democrat. And so now everybody, like, everybody in the Democratic Party was like trying to turn on her. And that's when this whole like Russian thing came out. I'm like, come on, man, are you serious? Isn't are that you coincidental? Ex yeah, right. exactly. So... It's almost um, as if she's kind of creating this new world order in a way. Like she's trying to implement this. And I think that could be why politics right now are a little bit convoluted because we have the people who are still currently in office are a little bit older, older generation, older cohort. Mm -hmm. They're accustomed to a, for ways to be run. Now we have the new people coming in who are a little bit um definitely different a little bit more accepting in terms of i mean look at our look at uh social media right now social media is a very big component and um with kind of promoting the whole be authentic be yourself you know mm -hmm. consider other people communion um this is like what is attractive now and so since we have these new people coming into congress that that's just what i would think you know, based off of like sitting on the outside, um, sitting outside and looking from the inside, look, sit, looking from the outside, I would just think that that is like where that mess is happening is because we have two different cohorts kind of trying to talk shit out. And I think yeah. that the older cohort is a little um, overpopulated in terms of that, which is why I think that a new world order based off of Haggard, I, I believe that's what her name was. Um, Gabbard. She could. Gabbard. Gabbard, Gabbard, yeah. Zach Gabbard could kind of start that conversation for why don't we just talk to our enemies, which is like right. what Trump did. Yeah, 
and and unfortunately she's out now um it's just biden and bernie now um but She'll i mean we'll back. see hopefully we'll see i liked her anyways um she was picking up some traction she had she was had some steam going but uh yeah eventually because the way because uh, again this is how much i got kind of invested in i just wanted to kind of do some, my own research just to see what was happening and uh, like how is it that the democratic party's doing their thing and so the way it happens is um you've got delegates and then super delegates and if i remember reading this correctly you have to get a certain percentage of each vote or a certain percentage of the vote in each state to get any kind of delegate and you have to have so many delegates to win the primaries that are going on right now in order to go to the general election to be the nominee for president if there's ever a tie between the uh, maybe two top runners with the delegates the super delegates then vote on who they want to be the the um the front runner and i'm like well who what's a super delegate and who are they right a super delegate, and it's only the Democratic Party. The Republican Party, they don't have anything like this. It's only the Democratic Party. Really? Yes. So the Democratic oh. Party, with these super delegates, it's essentially any former president. So any uh, Democrat. So Obama is a super delegate. Um, any uh, like heads of state kind of thing, like uh, like members of Congress, you have to be like really high up there, some kind of thing. Those are like your super delegates, and they vote on who wants to then be. And this is in the event of a tie. I'm like, that sounds dumb. Like, essentially, then the people who vote for these guys, their votes essentially don't matter because they come down to these other people who vote. Like, that's. That's interesting because I didn't know that because that sounds a lot like how the Electoral College works. Is that. The popular vote doesn't necessarily Kinda. fucking matter because yeah. the Electoral College are, was it like 55 people, I believe, in the Electoral, in the electoral College that decide whether or not who the president's going to be? Like Donald Trump lost a popular vote. George Bush lost, lost a popular vote. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. those guys decided that he, they were going to be president. Well the, the, well, the way the Electoral College works is each state represents so many electoral votes. So that's why whenever you see presidents campaign, you'll only really see them hit so many states. Like California and Texas are two big ones. You'll hear a lot about Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, um, Iowa is another big one, and I think Michigan. So Florida, obviously, as well. <laughs> as uh, for those of you who are alive in 2000 and remember that debacle, <laughs> <laughs> I know I do. You don't? No, oh, dude, man. I was six years old. You were six? Okay, well, let me tell you about the year 2000. In the year 2000. Okay, this is another... Oh, you're not going to know this reference. Did, did you ever watch... Do you ever watch um, Conan O'Brien, like, back in the day? Way, way back in the day, like, before he... So, he had his own show. It used to be Jay Leno, and right after him was a late show with Conan O'Brien. And every now and then, they would have a, a little skit where they, they have all the lights off and they would Conan would have like a little flashlight coming up like showing all like spooky like and there would be a little um 
and the, the whole bit was in the year 2000. And so you'd have this guy saying, in the year 2000. And it, I don't know, it was kind of, it's kind of weird. Anyway, <laughs> in the year 2000, um, technically, I guess it was 1999 going into 2000. The 2000 election, it was uh, George Bush and Al Gore. And um, I've actually been doing kind of research on this myself a little bit recently. So Bush, like you said, he lost the uh, popular vote, but he didn't lose it by a lot. Um, it wasn't, God, I can't remember what, what it was. It was nearly 50-50 is what it came down to. But he won the electoral college, which means he got the presidency. Now, the way that worked was the last state to turn in it's uh, like the votes was the state of Florida. And the race was so tight that whoever was going to win this state was going to win the presidency. They were going to be in. So the, uh, the night came and went. The next morning, the votes still weren't counted. And everybody was like, what the heck's going on? So whenever it, it was just too close to call, like there was one point where they were separated by like 150 votes. That's it. So what had happened was there was a they implemented a new like voting card and people were confused by it. Like the way it looked, they looked like it looked like they were voting for Al Gore, but they ended up voting for like some other person. It wasn't even George Bush. Apparently this was within the realm of 3000 to 3500 votes that went to this some other third party guy when everybody thought they were voting for Al Gore. Like just the way it was lined up. And so there was another re so they recounted everything. And I think they ended up recounting two, maybe three times. And when the, they were finally recounting for the third time, the uh, campaign for Bush uh, ended up going to the Supreme Court because the Florida Supreme Court ordered this whole new recount thing. So they went to the United States Supreme Court and they said, hey, we, need, we want you to, like, basically stop and halt this. And so the Supreme Court was, they, they ruled in favor of the Bush campaign, saying that there was, the, 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 the recount was some kind of against some bill or whatever that was passed. I can't remember the name of it. And so they halted all recounting, and so Florida went to Bush. And so he won the presidency. And the absolute shitstorm that followed was, I want to say it, 2016 rivaled that. So if you, you were here for 2016, think of 2016 election and the absolute chaos that abounded after the fact that Trump got elected. It was similar to that back in 2000. Like a state of shock. Yeah. Like weird disbelief. You know what I mean? Yes, but in the sense that it was because of the way it happened, not so much the result, but also the way it happened, because it mm -hmm. was this, this state came down to who was going to be the president. It was so bad, Al Gore, through, throughout this whole process, actually called Bush to secede to him, say, hey, congratulations on being the president. And then when it came back when they were recounting, he recalled him and said, um, well, I guess I'm recounting what I just said. And then he had to call him a third time. Okay, I guess he really did win. <laughs> it was bizarre, man. It was so dumb. It was so crazy. So, yeah, man. 
I feel like I was going on. There's a point to that after, but I lost it. But yeah, anyways, that was that was the 2000 election with uh, Bush v. Gore. Hmm. I did not good know stuff. that. Good stuff, man. Look up on that. It's it's crazy. That's nuts, dude. Yeah. I get what you're saying, like the how um, the 2016 election, and now that I understand um, how the 2000 election works. Um, but the whole like Facebook thing and the data shit and data tracking and yeah. pushing ads towards certain cohorts or locations to favor one part or the other type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, but your point was for the electoral college. Um, I don't oh, know. I thought the electoral right. college was like a an actual board of people that just decided yeah. whether nope. or not they wanted to. I didn't know that it was actual a vote. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's based off of. Um, it's based off of the state's population. So the larger the population, the more electoral votes that you get. Hmm. So, so can can somebody lose a state but still win the electoral college votes? Or is that no. where the importance of the That's where it gets. So you, you, yeah, yeah. When gotcha. you win the state, you get those elect- electoral votes. Yep. Nice. So okay. they, cool. it matches with the, uh, the amount of state representatives. So the House of Representatives, each state has the exact same number of representatives as they do electoral votes. So if there's, I think California has 55, which means California has 55 house representatives. If I remember that, that's correct. Gotcha. That's right. Okay. Whereas with the Senate, each state has two senators. One, no one. I think it's two senators. I think it's two. Yeah. And then I think I remember hearing too. Yeah, and then this the, is a perfect example, dude. It's like the nationalists would fail the immigration tests. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I definitely exactly. would fail that shit right now. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. that's why I kind of joke about it. I'm like, I feel like immigrants know more about our our government than we do. So <laughs> I would be really, yeah. I've I've definitely heard that they are really in depth tests. Um, to get in, which is understandable if you really want to be here that bad. Like, I mean, it's double-edged sword. Like, we're blessed being born here, um, mm-hmm. but still, if they were, if they want to come here, then then they do have to work for it. Apparently. Yeah, I had I, I got a buddy. He had to take that test, and I asked him. I was like, Hey, man, is it as hard as they say it is? He goes, Oh yeah, like the the whole process and everything. He goes, Dude, it is years, man. It's intense intense like wow okay yeah lucky me i guess for sure Jeez, man. Wow. all right bro this... i'm gonna get some fuck. i'm gonna make some food and stuff like that you got so, food to make yeah <laughs> i get a time schedule Fine. all right man oh that's right routine we gotta stick to routine everybody <laughs> yep well i appreciate this that you're doing this man we uh this was skype by the way everybody we're keeping our social distance i just want to let everybody know that so <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> all right man well thanks a lot i appreciate it and i will talk to you later bud all right brother sounds good man be safe all right. now. later, all right. later.